So hey, we've been in a series. Uh, last month was on the Father. This month is on Jesus the Son, and then next month's on the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, however you prefer. Um, but today we get to hear more about Jesus. Sound good? Yeah, so excited. So hey, Jess Barcelona is actually bringing the good word. So welcome her up. And Jess is an incredible mom, woman of God, just been such a blessing to this community. We have our shepherd team. I've acknowledged them before, but their pictures are going up on the website. So if you're kind of like, hey, who's helping lead this church? One of the people is Jess. And so, oh yeah, the Lord bless you. (laughs) So anyway, one more time. Hello. All right. Jesus, week two. That's where we're on. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for how sweetly you meet us when we set aside time for you. And we can tend to rush through so many things. And then sometimes we walk in a room and everyone is singing about you and it just hits us so heavy that you have been waiting to meet with us this whole time. So I'm just so thankful for this room and these people and just what you've been showing me in my own studying this week. And I just pray that um, that it would provide um, a, a new revelation of who you are and just the goodness that you offer us in um, friendship with you. Amen. Um, so I was just thinking about how we're still talking about Jesus. And there's not many things that happened even 50 years ago that, like, think about your great-grandparents. Do you know their names? Maybe not. Do you know anything about their lives? Maybe your great-great-great-grandparents. But Jesus is somebody that we are still talking about. And that, to me, was really impactful in just thinking about how incredibly set apart his life was. Um, He lived the life that exemplified the one that God is calling us to. That's the life. And it's one of closeness to the Father and dependence on him and sacrifice and love. So how do we live like that? Um, Well, so he was the son of God, and he was a third of the Trinity, and he was perfect. Does that describe any of you? No. And I would like to say that it does not describe me at all. (laughs) Um, But he was a lot of things also. He was a teacher. Is anyone here a teacher? Teachers. How about a friend? How about the glamorous one? How about a servant? Anybody here a servant? Okay. There's this thing that people are doing when they want to like acknowledge how great someone is and they call, if it's a guy, they call him a what? A king. And if it's a girl, what do they call her? Queen. So that's kind of the title that people aspire to. Like, oh, that's just how you like lavish your adder. Like, oh, what do you say? You're like, queen, king, amazing. But I don't like that because when you look at the life of Jesus, he would say, servant, call me a servant. 
Call me a friend. Call me one fully surrendered to the Father. And that is the example of the royalty that he lived. And I was thinking about the other things that he was. He was a brother. He's the bridegroom. He's leader. A child. He was a child. He's the savior. And he was a rebel. But the first one I want to talk about is teacher. So if you think you're a teacher, or you think you're not a teacher, I'm going to have to tell you, you are a teacher. Because if you've ever done anything and someone's copied you, you're a teacher. You taught them something, right? Good or bad? Has anyone ever, by mistake, taught a child something they should not have taught them? Yeah. So... (laughs) Um, we all teach people. We teach people how to treat us. Have you ever taught anyone how to treat you? Like, oh no, please address me as this. Please close it. Like, you teach people how to interact with you. And Jesus was teaching his disciples all the time what, like, live like this. Do this. This is how I'm going to live, and I would like for you to do this also. Um, and I think about when you spend time with someone how that teaches you. Has anyone ever had a friend that was, quote, a good influence? Or maybe a bad influence? You spend time with someone and you start to act like them. Has anyone ever started talking like their friend? I remember talking like my friend and my mom being like, please stop doing that. This is really annoying. That's not who you are. But I spent so much time with her, I started talking like her. So you think about how these disciples' lives were transformed, spending time with Jesus. They had to start talking like him, right? It's going to rub off on you. Um, He taught us how to minister to people and how to see the unseen and how to, to value people that the world would deem not valuable. He taught us how to cast out demons and to speak the truth in love, and to wait on the timing of the Father, and to be obedient. And can you put up the slide of, oh, it's already up there. Great. Um, I was going to read in John 7 about when Jesus was teaching. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? So who... Do you teach? And who is teaching you? Because we're both, like, we're doing both of those things, right? We're teaching people and we're being taught. That's a pretty important relational cycle. So think about it. Who's teaching us? Um, And the second thing I wanted to talk about is how Jesus was a servant. 
So if you wanted to grow your business and someone had a really positive experience, you would say, please tell your friends, here's a code, please refer me. Jesus said after he heals someone, don't tell anyone, and then he left town. Like, he heals people and he says, don't tell anyone, and he leaves. And then all these people are following him. So you think about the attitude of a servant is someone that does not want to be seen. He did not want to be seen doing these things, right? He wasn't doing it to draw attention to himself. He wanted glory to be given to the Father. And so I was just thinking about a servant's job. Has anyone ever been invited to a really fancy party? And like at a mansion and you like open the door. How would you feel if you opened the door to this mansion and you saw all of the cleaning crew scrubbing the floors and the mess everywhere? That would just be kind of weird, right? Like you don't want to see the cleaning happening. You don't want to see the servant. I don't want to see that happening. I don't want to see the mess. But Jesus was like, I am here for the mess. I am here to serve. I am here to be in this with you. And his acts of service were done unto the Father. And it was not attention-seeking. And he would say, I'm only doing what the Father tells me to do. And I, I just think about just the juxtaposition of servant versus someone that's clamoring for fame. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy just to think about in the world how people just want to be seen. I just, I just, need, I just need people to see me. I just need them to know me. And Jesus was like, just look at the Father. Please know him. I'm gonna just leave town because I, <laughs> I'm drawing too much attention to myself. Like, that's just really counterintuitive to everything we think about when we think about leaders. And I just think it's an incredible example. Um, in Matthew, the disciples were arguing who was gonna sit at the right hand, Matthew 20 and verse 25. And Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So the goal is to be a servant. Think about washing feet. Has anybody ever washed anyone's feet before? Pretty lowly, right? It says a lot to do that. And I feel like in just reading through and looking for things in the life of Jesus that spoke to him as a servant, it's just over and over again. And he's calling us to be in service with him. So if anyone asks you what your career, career goals are, you could just say servant and see how that goes. <laughs> Five-year plan, servant. Ten-year plan, super servant. <laughs> um, thirdly, he was a friend. He loved his friends. He spoke truthfully to them and he chose his words really wisely. And he shared with them secrets of heaven. He told them what his parables meant. Do you realize that when you read through like the parable of the sower, he didn't explain it to the crowd. He explained it to his friends. Does anyone here know a songwriter? 
Like all of you should raise your hand. It is such an amazing feeling when a song comes out and you're like, I know the story. I know what this is about. This is so cool. I was there. Like, it's just really fun to be that invested and involved in things. And Jesus' disciples, they got like the backstory, like these parables. This is what I meant when I was talking about the seeds. This is what I meant. This is what the rocky soil meant. This is, this is what I was talking about. Not everyone got that. And he says, Matthew 13, verse 10 through 17, his disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. Is anyone looking for that, an abundance of knowledge? But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. So he's explaining to them how significant it is these teachings, these parables, and the things that are kind of like dividing the crowd. Like, do you understand this? No, nah, really, I don't know. This guy's kind of weird. We should go home. Or like, this, I don't understand what he's saying, but I want to know more. Let's talk about it. Could we talk about it some more? Maybe we should ask him some questions. Let's follow him to the next village and see if he talks about it again. Like, there, there's something that happens when you decide to listen. Do you know you can decide to listen with your body posture? It looks different. People's listening body postures are different, right? Some people need to be standing and pacing when they listen. And some people just need to just be really quiet. Or you might need to be like doodling, I don't know. But you just think about like, I wanna listen to what God has to say. So he wanted his friends to hear what he had for them and for them to recognize so many people have desired this and they didn't get it and you get to hear it. You get to understand it. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever failed as a friend? Yes, we have all failed as friends. We hurt people, we disappoint people, we lie, we gossip, we flake. We don't call people out when we're supposed to, right? And we look at the kind of friend that Jesus was and we see a man that led his friends to the Father, right? And he ate with them and laughed with them and he mourned with them and he traveled with them. Have you guys ever traveled with a friend and it like broke your friendship? <laughs> or have you ever started a trip and didn't have a friend and by the end you did? Something happens when you spend time with someone, especially if you're going slowly. And they walked everywhere. 
except for a few little parts on a donkey. There was just walking. So you think about like going for a walk with someone and it's, it's like, you just get to know someone. You just walk with them. And he walked with his friends. Can you imagine walking with Jesus for miles and miles, asking him all of your questions, hearing his thoughts? That would really change you. Does anyone want that? (laughs) And I'm thinking about why Jesus is the person of the Trinity that we all kind of grab onto easier. And it's the humanity. We want things to be human. We want, I don't. People want animals to be human. They dress them up and talk to them, right? (laughs) They want humanity in an animal because they want to be able to have a friend that wears the cute outfit so they make their dog do it. Like, people want, people want a human connection, right? And Jesus is the human connection to the Father. Like, that was his humanity. That was how, that, I think that's why we're able to grab onto him because he's the connection. He's the human connection. And I just think about how his kindness and humility and his righteous anger and grace and all of the things that he exemplified and how we're still talking about them. We're still talking about them. And he was all powerful and all surrendered simultaneously. And, you know, I... It's not like I hate pop culture, but there are some things that people throw around that are kind of like sayings that people say like, I just need to find myself. And I was thinking about what Jesus would say. If someone would say, Jesus, I just really need to find myself. And I think he would say, whoever finds their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And then I was thinking about things like, I'm just going to live my truth. This is my truth. And then Jesus would say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then I was thinking about when you might see someone do something that maybe you don't think is a great idea, but what do you say to them? You do you. And Jesus would say, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. So I just wanted to hit those three things because I think people put them in the umbrella of spiritually. You know, they're spiritual-ish. They're like, well, kind of spiritual. Just going to find my find myself and my truth. And you can do you and I'll be here. And Jesus is like, No to all of this. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, And I I wanted to make this, um, I don't know, something you can grasp onto. So I found John 6, 28 and 29. The crowd, the 5,000 that he fed, said, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? So this is us, right? We're the crowd listening to Jesus, and we're like, we want to do this, Jesus. How do we do this? He said to them, this is the only work God wants from you. Are you ready? Believe in the one he has sent. That's it. That's what we're supposed to do. 
And that was Jesus' life, right? Believed in the one that sent him. If I believe in the one that sent me, I'm gonna do everything that he asked because I fully trust him and I know that his plan is perfect and good. So I'm gonna believe in the one that sent me. So, yeah. Um, The last thing that I have is a quote that some of you probably know. Maybe you don't know. I figured I would read it because I thought it was very good. Wow, Tim, you're killing it with these slides here. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so this is, this is from Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis. I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. Has anyone ever heard anyone say this before? This is the thing a lot of people say. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on level with a man who says he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit on him and kill him as a demon, but you, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. There's no confusion in the life of Jesus. There's no confusion. There's no like, well, if we interpret it this way, I think this is what he meant. It's very clear, and he repeats himself so many times. So many times. Have you guys ever heard about like circular learning? Where we're like, we're gonna learn something and then we're gonna come back to it and go deeper. And then we're gonna, like, this is what he's doing. He's telling us these things over and over again because we're gonna get it and we're gonna be able to go deeper with it. So, Worship team, what do you, yeah, okay. I don't know. Yes, worship team, please come up. Um, I would really love for there to be ministry time, especially when it comes to if you feel like one of these characteristics of Jesus really resonated with you as something that you want. I would hope it's servant. I would hope everyone would be like, Lord, make me a servant. But maybe you are like, I need to be a friend like Jesus, or I need Jesus to be my friend because I can't see him like that, and I don't know him like that, and how do I do that? So what's the team on rotation for? (laughs) Okay, shepherds, prayer and prophecy team. Whoever would like to come up, they'll be gum at some point for you. Um, but I just want to pray. So let's pray. (laughs) Jesus, thank you so much for living a life that was so dependent on the father because we can depend on him too. We can look at your life and see that you completely surrendered everything you said or did to his will, and we want that. We want that in our lives, God. 
So I ask that you would um, just bring to mind places in life where we're just kind of maybe white knuckling death grip of something that we don't want to give you or um, whatever it is that we need to have more of you in. I just ask that you would bring those things to um, the front of our minds, God. And if it's just that we need to pursue you as a friend, I just ask that people would meet you today as a friend, that they would meet Jesus the friend, that they would meet the person that they're gonna walk with, that they're going to talk to, that they're gonna just spend time with and get to know and start to um, act more like you. Because when we spend time with you, we act more like you. So God, we're just thankful that we get to know you um, here on this earth. We're really, we're really in awe of how you continue to teach us and reveal to us just things that we really desperately need to hear from you, God. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen.